You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 68. Hello and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I've mentioned before that one of the things that I do to prepare for the podcast each week is to put the inspiration song that I'm going to be using in my playlist for the week and put it on repeat. And I followed this pattern this week. I placed Colton Dixon's song through all of it in my more than a song playlist. And then I set the song to repeat. And I don't do this to place a higher value on a song than God's word, but I do it to Number one, first, try to understand what the artist is trying to convey through the lyrics. And then next, to see where the Holy Spirit may lead me in scripture to then ultimately share with you on the podcast. And I'm reading the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens, because it's on my daughter's reading list for school. And I like to read whatever she's reading when I can. So, so far, I I really like it. It is a secular book, so I'm going to have to help her biblically integrate what she's reading. Like when it tells her to be principle-centered, well, I would like her to be Christ-centered. But having said that, we all know where principles or where truth comes from comes from God, as in Father, God, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So if uh, the advice is to be principle-centered, why not be centered on the person who created and defined those principles in the first place? But I digress. I brought up the book because at the end of each chapter, there are baby steps for the reader to follow to begin to make a change in their lives. So to ultimately to change the way that they think or to change their paradigms or or you might use the word worldview. And so one of the baby steps listed is listen carefully to the lyrics of the music you listen to most frequently. Consider if they are in harmony with the principles you believe in. That's good advice. Now, I may be preaching to the choir here because if you listen to my podcast, then chances are that you are already a regular listener to Christian music. But just in case, let me remind you of the importance of the messages we are filing into our brains. I mean, I love all kinds of music. I love the music I grew up with listening to in the 80s. But it doesn't take but a few songs to really question my choices growing up. Um, Emily and I were shopping recently in an outdoor mall, and it was playing 80s music, and Fleetwood Mac comes on, and I'm like, oh, I love this one, until I started singing along with it and found myself singing, tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. So I agree. Let's listen carefully to the lyrics of the music that you listen to most frequently. Lyric and rhythm and song are very powerful sources. So having said that, let's harness them. Let's, that's really what I'm striving to do on this podcast. Taking the music many of us are already listening to and harnessing the power to inspire us to explore God's word. But then once we explore God's word, then the song can bring to back to us or trigger in our mind what we've learned. Talk about powerful. So with the song on repeat, I began pondering these lyrics. 
says that the story of his life includes days he's taken more than he can give. It includes choices that he's made that he wouldn't make again, and that the story of his life includes laughter, tears, and troubled times. I know you agree that sometimes it's interesting if you know the backstory of what the artist is singing about when they're singing it, but in the end, lyrics are most meaningful when they make us think of our own story. When they resonate in such a way that when we sing them, we're taken to any number of places and where the song takes me may be completely different than where the song takes you. And the lyrics are meaningful because it could be your story. I think that's why my listener Catherine requested this song because she could see her own story in the lyrics. And I just mentioned it, but if we can harness the power of story found in songs and we can we can link those back to scripture so that the song not only triggers our story, but God's story, then we've really landed on something powerful. Sometimes the, song, the songs are actually written that way. I, I would love for you to listen to episode 24. I use the song that Mandisa sings called Born for This, and it's a song about Esther. Rather, it's a song as if Esther is singing the lyrics herself. But I'm thinking, who makes the rules that says we can't do this with any song? So whether the artist intended it that way or not, that's what we're going to do today. Because I can't shake thinking about Abraham's story in Genesis when I hear this song. I and I I got it right sometimes, but sometimes I didn't Life's been a journey, I've seen joy, I've seen regret Oh, and you have been my God through all of it So let's go back to the beginning, to Genesis you can start in Genesis chapter 1 even because before you know it, you're going to be in Genesis chapter 11, which is where we are introduced to Abram. Now, that's the name that Abraham was born with before God changed his name. And then his story ends in Genesis chapter 25. It's a good long story. It has twists and turns and highs and lows. It has adventure and deception. It has climaxes and details that bring life into the story. And there are moments of laughter and tears. And then from a spiritual standpoint, I'm not going to lie, there's several times where I'm not 100% sure what God is trying to teach us, but it's still a rich and beautiful story. It has all the elements of a good movie. And in fact, this is how you should read it, like you would watch a movie. And my friend Keith Farron has a new book. It's called How to Enjoy Reading Your Bible. And in it is one of the one of the chapters is titled Watch the Whole Movie. And I love how he describes this. He reminds us that when we sit down to watch a movie, we don't watch it one scene at a time, pressing pause in between each scene to discuss it. But we tend to read the Bible that way. And so when I can, I love to ask you to get in into larger script, 
sections of scripture and just soak in it. Keith and I absolutely agree on this point. Sometimes, however, the nature of this podcast, it might send us skipping around a little bit. But on days like today, when I can not only guide you into a larger section of scripture, but a longer story that you can really sink your teeth into, I get a little excited. So the Bible interaction tool that we're going to use today is read more. Watch the whole movie. And every time you do this, you know, read for familiarity first, then understanding, then application. I think a lot of times we jump right in and want it to give us some spiritual aha moments when what we really need to do is is read for familiarity first and then understanding, then see what we can apply to our own lives. Uh, I think this idea of jumping in and trying to get something for ourselves first is not the best way to go about it. So direction, inspiration, motivation, or at our worst, a weapon to use against others. So I'm challenging you to not do that. I want you to read this story this week. Really immerse yourself in the story first. Get to know the characters, not just the scenes. Notice some of the details you may have missed if you've read it before. Listen to our song, read the story, and listen to the song again. I'm going to give you a few ideas. In a 175-year life and 19 chapters in the Bible recording it, I'm sure that we can see times when Abraham won and lost. You know, just like our song says, you know, one win. Uh, He scored a gorgeous wife whom he loved. That's a huge win. She dies before him, however. And that's a huge loss. Our song says, I got it right sometimes and sometimes I did not. Abraham had two sons. Are you a parent? If so, enough said. We get it right sometimes and sometimes we do not. And even if you're not a parent, you're a child. And you realize that your parents sometimes got it right and sometimes they did not. Life's been a journey, the song says. Okay, I'm going to geek out on you for a minute I told you that Abraham's story starts in Genesis chapter 11, and that is where he is first introduced in a genealogy. And a lot of times when I'm reading, I kind of skim over the genealogies. In fact, I sometimes even recommend that you do this because there are so many. And I've heard a sermon or two that can help me see how valuable these, uh, these lists are, but for the most part, they just confuse me because I can't say all the names. But this particular one, I was reading and something jumped out at me. First, if you would have asked me before this week, I probably could not have told you that Abraham was in the line of Shem. It's just not something that I was filed into my memory. Oh, yeah, his great, 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 great grandfather was Shem. I knew that. Uh, Probably couldn't have told you that. You know, but this Shem, Ham, and Japheth, if you're not sure who I'm talking about, these are Noah's sons. They survived the destruction of the world and through whom the first known cultures of the world come from. So they survived the flood. That's interesting. And I bet there are a few family stories passed down from generation to generation. You know, I had an uncle that uh, would tell me his World War II stories, firsthand accounts, and they were so fascinating. And we went to the Holocaust Museum in Houston recently, and they tell the stories, not just like the bigger story, which they do a great job of that too, but really telling the stories of the Holocaust survivors that ended up in Houston. They lived in Houston. While all of those details were very sobering, it was just kind of neat to 
feel closer to the stories of the survivors that were in that place. Even though Houston's a big city, it's still, it was just interesting to hear and see their stories. So this family line thing sort of got me thinking. When I read about Shem, he was 100 years old when he fathered, I'm going to say this wrong, our fact shed. And that was about two years after the flood. And then he lived 500 more years and had other sons and daughters. That's what the verse says. And then when our fact shed had lived 35 years, he fathered Shelah. And after Shelah was born, our fact shed lived another 403 years, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, until we go down the line and get to Abram. Of course, as I mentioned, Abraham started out as Abram, God renamed him. I don't want to give it all away. I want you to read about it. But normally I would have skimmed this section, but I was thinking about Abram's life as a journey, like in our song. And I don't know about you or where you came from, uh, but your story, your family dynamics, they are all part of this journey. And they, they add, let's just say flavor to your life. But 600 years of life. I wonder. So I started charting out Abram's ancestors, starting with Shem. And I figured out that Shem, again, the Shem that survived the flood, was 565 years old when Abram, when Abraham died. Abraham lived 175 years and then he died. Shem lived another 35 years. Now, I wonder how that factored into Abraham's life. I mean, Abraham's own father uh, lived 30 years beyond Abraham. So in chapter 11, Terah, which is Abraham's dad, he picks up his family and he moves away from where he was from. The Bible says it was called Ur and he traveled 600 miles away to eventually settle in Haran. Now, this is completely speculation. But how do you think that impacted the family? They moved away from all of their other relatives to settle in a land 600 miles away. They moved away from Shem and his son and his son and his son and his son. I mean, there's like a lot of family history slash dynamics going on here. Did they leave angry? Did Tara obey a call from God to move away? The Bible doesn't really say. But I can guarantee someone in the family thought they were crazy and gossiped about them every chance they got. That's That has to be part of Abraham's journey. Now, maybe this move actually prepared Abraham for what we see that God did call him to do. God eventually called him to move away as well. Chapter 12, verse 1 says that God tells Abram to leave his country, his relatives, and his father's family and go to the land I will show you. So maybe he was primed to do this because he remembered moving away from family before and he had an example to follow, either what to do or what not to do. And it's interesting that Terah, the Bible tells us that Terah was headed for Canaan, but stopped in Haran. And God ends up sending Abraham on to Canaan and then defines that as the land he would give to his descendants. Every once in a while, I remember, hey, these are real places. This was, these were, this was a real guy that actually lived and walked with God and had great faith that was counted to him as righteousness. So I looked it up and Ur of the Chaldeans in pre, is in present day Iraq 
near Nasiriya, about 365 kilometers south of Baghdad. And then Haran is in modern-day Turkey, in a very southern point of Turkey. And then the land promised to Abraham and his descendants, it includes parts of modern-day Egypt, Sudan, Lebanon, Jordan, Syria, Iraq, part of Asian Turkey, and, of course, all of Israel, including Gaza and the West Bank. But that's just me geeking out for a moment. What I really want to consider is Abraham's, or Abraham's life journey. And what else does our song say? You were there when it all came down on me When I was blinded by my fear And I struggled to believe But in those unclear moments You were the one keeping me strong this is how my story's always gone. So our song says, you were there when it all came down on me. If I'm Abraham, I'm thinking, which time? When famine struck and I had to go to Egypt? Or when I had to separate from the only son I, I ever knew, my nephew Lot? My song says, I was blinded by my fear and I struggled to believe. Abraham might say, which time, God, when God promised me an heir or when God asked me to sacrifice my son on the altar? Or maybe it was that time when he's got a list, just like we do, I'm sure. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not trying to diminish your journey or your story. I'm really trying to show you God's faithfulness in Abraham's story. I'm trying to help you um, have a perspective. You know, sometimes when we study other people's stories or we read other people's stories, we get a perspective. Sometimes we can see our own story in their story. I mean, I have friends who, I mean, the Bible says Sarah was barren. She could not have children. I have friends who have gone through that journey. And um, I, you know, I'm pretty sure I don't have any friends that uh, felt like God asked them to sacrifice their child on an altar. But that story shows up later in God's story for us, which is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. So the God who's revealed in Abraham's story is our God. He is the same God. And so maybe by meditating on this story, it can give us perspective for our own it will only work if you remember that Abraham was a real person with real feelings and real struggles just like you. Because our song says it, in those unclear moments, God was the one keeping Abraham strong. And that is how his story went. And that is how our story goes also. Your circumstances don't change God. God was still God. He was still leading, still with an eternal plan that he set in motion with a man named Abraham that was willing to follow and obey. Because in God's plan, Abraham's life was not only a type and shadow of what God was going to accomplish for all time through his son, Jesus Christ, but it's a revelation of who God is and was and is to come. There's power in a story. Jesus used them all the time. They were called parables. In fact, in Mark 4, after telling some parables, Jesus said this, Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. We all long for understanding. I don't think we'd be exploring God's word if we didn't. So I pray that you heed Christ's advice. Dive into the stories. Dive into this gift, this 
This written word is a gift from God. He's given us to get to know him and his plan for us and for eternity. And pay close attention to what you hear and what you read. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. So what's next? Well, I probably didn't have to say it. I don't have to say it, but read Abraham's story. It starts in Genesis 11, and I suppose you could say it ends with his death in chapter 25. But as you know, it goes on and on until you see what Paul teaches us in Galatians chapter 3. We are all children of Abraham if we put our faith in God. After all, all nations will be blessed through Abraham. That's us. We're all nations. And we are blessed because Jesus came as the ultimate promised son for you and I. Abraham's story resonates throughout all of eternity. Maybe it's time we become familiar with it. Read the whole thing. Read it several times. Make an effort to see Abraham as a person and really enter into his journey with him. And then use our song this week as a tool to help you do that. And while you're in God's word, let me know how you're doing. You can email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. Hop on Twitter or Facebook. Let's talk about what you're learning. Or you can leave a comment on this week's show notes, michellekneesat.com forward slash 68. I tell you what, people have been emailing me this week. I've got a couple of emails this week, and they are so encouraging, and it's so exciting to see what God is doing in your lives. So I really, really mean it. Email me. Leave me a voicemail. Hop on Twitter or Facebook. I really want I want to get to know you and interact with you. Just a few quick announcements before we leave today. I want to personally thank you for listening with a gift. I don't want you to have any excuses for not having God's Word front and center every day. So just log on to my website at michellekneesat.com and subscribe with your name and email address. And I will email you memory verse resources each week to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print them out and place in the best location for you. It's just a small token of my thanks and hopefully a useful tool for you. And I want to shout out to Dina and Crystal from Louisiana, Cheryl and Wendy from Texas, Courtney and Connie from Kansas, Alyssa from Hawaii, and Lindau from Tennessee, my newest subscribers to my website. Welcome. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe to it in iTunes. And while you're there, I'd love for you to leave me a written review and a star rating. It encourages me, but more than that, it helps other listeners see that this is a valuable podcast and one that they may want to listen to. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use Shoulders by For King and Country to jump into God's Word. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 68. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.